Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. I am thrilled today to welcome to Your Brand Amplified, an amazing guy who has written a really interesting book that I think a lot of us will get a lot of value out of, including myself, Mark Young, CEO of Rise Agency. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, Annika, thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So you're an entrepreneur, educator, author, philanthropist, travel nut. We share a lot of the same qualities, so I love that. (laughs) And um, I really would love... There are so many topics we could talk about. You know, There's so much in marketing and um, all the different things that you do, but I really want to get to um, learn more about you and have our audience learn from you how you got into that field. And then we'll get into your book. Outstanding. So, I mean, I'll give you a little bit about me, although I really don't find me being that interesting of a topic. <laughs> um, but as you mentioned, I am the CEO of Rise Agency, and we're actually a um, consumer-facing agency that does uh, mostly direct-to-consumer marketing, but also some brand work. Um, really focusing on the, for the most part, the health and beauty space. That's really where we have our best stories and our best wins. But we work with brands from all different uh, all different places and really try to get into with with our brands. And um, on that point for the branding, what I'll say is that too many people are busy talking about themselves mm. um, and they're too busy looking for sales and they're too busy doing all of these types of things. And of course, that's what we do in business, right? We look for sales. We try to close deals. Um, but I will say that Date Your Clients, uh, the book that I've recently published, is is kind of a look at how to make sure that we're out closing sales, but doing it. And what I focus on, I tell people to value the relational over the transactional. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, the entire premise behind this book, which is the way I run this agency and the way our team knows to follow as well is we, we deal with our clients in the context of relationship because that's they're, they're human, right? Every client that comes to us is an entrepreneur of some, some nature typically, mm-hmm. and they've got fears and they have concerns and they have cash flow restraints and they have, you know, branding problems and they have all these things going on, you know, and then we come in and we're like, you know what, your website's ugly. We really need to rebuild <laughs> that. And, you know, so we get into those types of conversations and, 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 and what I'm always trying to point out is like, we're relational mm-hmm. people. And when date your clients, happened um the um i don't want to say the the, the joke of it because it's not a joke because it actually while it's a playful book it also is very serious in many ways and it's dealing with real issues but the 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 the, the point of it is the skills that you have in your personal life like we know how to interact with friends we know how to how to interact with significant others and spouses and those are skills that we assume that people get right you've never taken a class on dating but you've taken a class on business so you would go to a mastermind to go learn how to close a client but at the same time you never went to a mastermind to learn how to get a second date <laughs> because those are skills that we all kind of have, right? We intuit our way through that because we got, because we build on those relationship skills. And my hypothesis is honestly that they're the same skills. Yeah. The, the thing, the things that we understand intuitively about how to, you know, dealing with courtship and dealing with, you know, dating and all the other kind of craziness. It's the same thing. People are people. I 100% agree with this philosophy. I don't think every business operates this way and every business should. 
and everybody oh, should read 100%. your book because um but i do find because i i think for myself i have to be transparent in my throughout my life right so i want to show up the same way i do in my business as i show up in my non-business life Ooh, and right. so i that this book resonated with me so much um in terms of I want to know, I want to be really invested. And it really is meaningful to me when I work with a client because I know I'm going to be able to help them achieve whatever their goals are. And so when we're talking through some of that stuff, branding or websites or whatever, you know, getting to the PR stuff, you know, you you do have to be gentle sometimes. But like you said, it's like all the little steps of dating and when you're when you're courting somebody and then all of the phases. So, and I know that's that's kind of how your book is outlined, right? You go through all of those. Well, what's funny is that the book is outlined literally starting off at, you know, <laughs> make them swipe right is the name of chapter one. And then it's, you know, alluding to the, you know, the Tinder world where we're swiping left and swiping right, you know, on who we like, and who we don't. And the comparison was made. The funny thing is, is that the entire book was inspired by a client of mine, mm. marketing director at a client. I was having the hardest time getting her to understand a point that I was making about their marketing. And she just, she was combating and she's like, but, but I just think that this is the problem. I'm like, it's not the problem. Like, look, and finally I said, you know what, how about if I put all this in an email to you Mm. and, you know, I'll send it to you that way you've got some time to digest it and then we'll come back to this conversation. And I started writing the email. And one of the things I was telling her is we need to understand your lead source And your lead source is going to determine how I talk to them because what does your lead source know about you already Yeah, means a lot. And I said, it's kind of like if I went on a Tinder date, (laughs) that person only knows the things that I put on my Tinder profile. Right. So I didn't say everything there was to know about me. Uh, All I said was the things I wanted you to know about me. And now I get my second chance at introducing myself, which probably has a little more depth but I'm not going to go tell you about all my childhood traumas on a second date. <laughs> and, and, and we start going through this. And I'm like, this is an organic evolution of relationship that we need to pay attention to. So it was interesting because as I'm writing this email to her and what I was saying was, okay, so a person sees your ad on television and they go to your website, but they go to your website and your website replays your TV commercial for them. Yeah. I already know that. Exactly. Why would you introduce yourself a second time? I already know you. I came to your website because this is the lead source. And we were going through those contact points. Mm. And as I'm writing this email to her that just was page after page after oh page, um, our agency manager came into came into my office and I was like, you know what, read this. And like I read it to him and he goes, boss, like you literally just wrote a white paper. Like we need to use this for digital download and promote nice. the agency. And I'm like, maybe. And like he's like, keep reading. Next thing you know, I had an entire book. So Uh, Yeah, it's pretty funny. (laughs) Well, what's fun about it for me, though, it's like what I like is you talk about the consistency, um, the consistency between who you are and who you want to be and who you are in all these different aspects of life. What's funny is that after writing this book, I've proudly given copies to my own clients Mm -hmm. because this is consistent. So when when I'm willing to write a book and say, this is how I treat my clients and my clients get to read it. Those are the people who get to call bullshit on me fastest. Because <laughs> those are the people who very clearly can step up and say, yeah, that's not what he is like in real life. Like, oh, that, yeah. that's um, and, and yet what's funny is that I've had clients who wrote reviews on, on Amazon or texted me the other day and said, I just finished your book. 
And I've got to say, one of the reasons I don't like reading business books is because they're always just so dry. Mm -hmm. And after reading your book, it just reminded me, reading is entertaining. And I ought to have fun when I'm reading. And I don't reading so many books. And this was so easy to read. And it was spot on. And then the number of people that have come back and said to me, man, I can hear your voice while I'm reading this. Nice. Um, means that there's a consistency, right? Yeah. There's consistency amongst who I am personally, professionally, and as well as, you know, the way I treat my clients is consistent with the way I tell people to treat theirs. Yeah. So that's good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Yeah. And I imagine that thinking about our clients' relationships, I mean, and this isn't just for marketing and PR pros, it's anybody listening who's an entrepreneur and start or starting a business or 20 years mm. into their business should consider all of these strategies and thoughts about, you know, we want a long-term relationship. And so you have to make sure that you're cultivating things along the way and having that open and clear communication, you know, checking well, in with each other. Well, and date your clients. I mean, we kind of, kind of play through, I kind of play through a lot of those topics and, but do so in a playful manner. So for mm -hmm. instance, like we're using a lot of, uh, you know, colloquialism. So for instance, like make them swipe right. Well, that's clearly tipping our hat to online dating, right? Yeah, People yeah. who are familiar get that. And talking about finding your type and, uh, you know, some of the some of the comments in here about the walk of shame. <laughs> and, you know, that's one of the chapter headings is called the walk of shame. And it's like you and I may know it from conventional language or other colloquialism as being, you know, the one night stand that went wrong kind of <laughs> kind of playful dating thing. But drawing a comparison to the business world. Aren't there times that we've, you know, sold our soul for a sale and then found out that it didn't work out the way we wanted it to? But yes. It, it looked good in the moment <laughs> and, and we ran for it. And then the next day we're sitting there going, what in the world was I thinking? Yeah. Not um, everybody's going to be a match. Right. You're not going to want to date everybody. <laughs> absolutely. And so we talk about four choices and how do you overcome them? We talk, I mean, I get asked this question every time I do a podcast, what's your favorite chapter? And the, uh, when that favorite chapter comes up, my answer is always the chapter on the first fight. Hmm. And there's literally a chapter called the first fight. And we all know for any kind of long-term dating relationship you've ever been in, there's a moment you fight for the first time. And it tends to be a make or break moment. Yeah. Like if we can't resolve this fight, we can't move on. And some people just choose to ignore it until the second fight's even bigger, so on and so forth. But literally that chapter we walk through and well, what happens when you have your first fight with a client? Mm. You know, when you put a budget in front of your client, I have a, you know, I'm going to say I don't have them frequently and I wouldn't call them fights, but my clients and I disagree on all regularly. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of the disagreement is, you know, them saying, well, this is the way we want it. And me saying, that's not going to work. And I don't want to waste your money on something that's not going to work. And I, I can tell you it's not going to work. I don't want to do that for you. Um. And the, and the reality is, is dealing with that first fight is the exact same for me hmm. with a client as it is with a girlfriend, because the, the answer is, okay, we can disagree on this one topic, but I want to go back and focus on all of the things we agree on. Yeah. Because right. I want to focus on the strengths, not focus on this one weakness. And in those moments where we disagree on something, it's easy to just sit and focus on that. Right. And as an example, like I remember, you know, we get a lot of criticism, you know, for instance, we build a website mock-up 
Well, then we send it to the client. And you know, the client wants to change 5,000 things about it, right? Mm -hmm. That's just the way the feedback comes in. And often it comes back in an email. And then I have to give that to a designer who's (laughs) got to look at this email of all the things I hate about your artwork, right? Yeah. And, And we have to go through that. It's like, we will never have those types of conversations at my agency in email. It is going to be a phone call and it's yes. going to preferably be a Zoom call or something like that where we can screen share. And every single time the client wants to start with, well, there's, a, there's an issue here and I don't love that color. And that picture doesn't really represent our product the way it wants. And they go through bad, 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 bad. And I always force those telephone calls to say, okay, well, here we are. We're going to start at the top of the page. And our first review is going to be, I need you to tell me everything you like. Mm-hmm. about this design. And typically we find out that although they sent their criticism in email or their feedback in email, there's an overwhelming number of things they love about the work. Right. Um, but if all we focus on are the changes, it makes the relationship seem more negative than it really is. Yeah. Um, and then by the time we get off those telephone calls, they realize that there really weren't that many changes. <laughs> or, or they or they want to change to something, but they didn't know why we did it to begin uh, with. And yeah. then all of a sudden, we tell them, well, we use this image because, you know, I think there's this. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know you wanted lots of pictures of your product, but you're a lifestyle brand. We need to have pictures of humans on your mm-hmm. website, too. So <laughs> this is this is something we need to focus on. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that you can scratch off feedback number three. Okay. You can scratch off feedback number five. Nice. And, and when we're able to constructively talk through and, and really focus on the things we agree on, we find out there's not a problem at all. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that holds true in relationships as well as holding true in, in managing business relationships. I think it's all the same. Well, it's communication. And nowadays with so many ways to reach out to people, text and email tone can be read so differently than what people are really trying to convey. And to your point, yeah, focusing on things that are positive instead of just focusing on the negatives and really talking through and communicating about those is so important. So there's a lot of like psychology in this process too. Do you, do you have a background in psychology? Yes, I do. In fact, so I, <laughs> I happen I happen to be a collector of college degrees, but one of my oh. one of my degrees is actually in clinical psych. So yes, oh my I, gosh. I do have a, a master's degree in clinical psychology along with several others. But so, yes, I'm always focusing on the psychology of what we're talking about. And, and marketing and advertising is all psychology. Yeah. It, it's all understanding motivation and understanding, uh, you know, people's vulnerabilities and understanding people's likes and dislikes. And, you know, we, we get clients who come to us on a regular basis. Well, my, my product does this, 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 mm-hmm. this, and this. We're trying to tell them, like, stop trying to be everything. Like, what indication, what pain point does your problem solve? And let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the psychology behind it is people don't buy a product that solves 12 problems. I buy a product that solves one specifically. Um, And that's the one that I sit and beat my drum over and over and over again. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot of psychology behind sales for darn sure. Yeah, so funny when you when you said that. I thought about a past client who had a project that was for a very specific purpose, and mm-hmm. I recommended actually the opposite. I mean, ultimately, the product is a cleaning product, but they wanted to distill it down to cleaning bathrooms. 
mm-hmm. like when you're like a mobile thing that you can clean surfaces mm-hmm. when you're out and about. And I was like, that is too small. Like you can do a lot with that, but you can, it can clean so many other things too. And there are so many other markets that you can reach out to. And here's how we would target each of those markets. So, um, so I think that's totally an aside, but <laughs> it just really made me think about that. I was like, oh yeah. Um, and I do, we always want, you know, people to hone in on their customer personas and their messaging and who are they really targeting and what problem are they solving? And those are all things that kind of go through the process of a relationship as well is, you know, when you're thinking, is this the right person for you? It's like a customer persona. What messages are we giving them? What messages are they giving us? And then how do we translate that into working together? Um, well, when- that, goes, that goes back to long-term relationships versus short-term mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a long-term relationship, I want to know that my needs are being met, but I also need to know that I meet your needs too, because we both need to feel safe in that relationship. And the same thing goes for my clients. I need to know that they value what we do and they need to know that we value their business Mm -hmm. because if they don't think I value their business, then they don't think we're spending enough attention on them or that, that we put enough effort into the work. And if I don't feel like they value our service, it really turns my staff into not wanting to work on that client Mm -hmm. because they don't feel like they're, they're welcome on that team, if you will. And, and we manage that stuff on a regular basis. And some clients, it's just natural chemistry and others you work a little harder on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a different relationship. Mm. Now, in your book, you also use a lot of examples of relationships. And oh, yes. <laughs> you know where this question is going. Um, and, and case studies. And have, have people reached out to you and been like, Happy or upset or dismayed or glad that you so use those every, examples? So I use stories of clients we've dealt with. I use stories from my own dating life. I use stories from other people, friends, dating lives and friends experiences and everything. I didn't give a single name in the entire book. So some people <laughs> probably figured out who they were. Yeah. Uh, but, but for the most part, I gave none of that information because, you know, too many people would know that and professionally, I'm not going to call anybody out totally bad, bad mouth, a former client or an ex-girlfriend <laughs> or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's like we were, I was very careful to make sure that I didn't do anything like that. Um, but every single story in there is a hundred percent true. Um, and I've made myself look like a fool on probably far too many occasions throughout mm-hmm. this book. Um, because a lot of them are mistakes I've made. Um, I mean, they're, they're just flat out mistakes that I've made and mistakes in business. I remember one of the chapters, you know, in here discusses one of the, one of the, at the end of each chapter, there's a personal story and a professional story that kind of illustrates the entire purpose of the chapter. And one of the stories was about, um, you know, wanting it too much, if you will, that, you know, mm. you're the person who's, who wants it to work so much more than the other person does. And I was giving the example of, we actually launched the Kendall Jenner hair care line. Hmm. Okay. Fun project to work on, right? Yeah. Absolutely awful client. Oh no. And I don't mean Kendall herself. She was, mm-hmm. she was not the people we were dealing with. We right. were dealing with the company that was partnered with her. And it was a train wreck yes. from stop to start. And, and it was, it was nonstop indecisive. It was the exact, it was just the client you wanted to fire over and over and over again. 
But because of the affiliation with Kendall Jenner and because of the the, the, the bright lights, right? Like what a mm-hmm. great piece of resume material this would be for us to be able to put that on our website and so on. We dealt with so much drama Ugh. and never made a dime on the project because it, we were over hours on everything. And um, and it was one of those things. And one of the lessons I put in there, it, it's it's no different than, you know, the guy who's working super hard because that girl is just so pretty. <laughs> well, sure she is. But at the same time, is that the relationship you want? Because she's not reciprocating anything. Like, but you are desperate to make it work because just the, you know, it just looks good on the shelf. And, uh, you know, those types of things are discussed. So, I mean, it's funny. And at the same time, like, yeah, I, I did that. <laughs> well, again, I think it's important. Um, it's likability. People want to work with people they like, know, and trust. And I think yeah. that you being that transparent and vulnerable and sharing all of these stories and not just successes, but also failures or, lessons, shall we say, um, may, would make me want to work with you more because I'm like, okay, he's willing to put it all out there, put it all in the line. That's the truth. (laughs) That's honestly the truth. And it's, there's so much of that. And like I said, I wrote it intentionally, um, because it kind of is just good information and somewhat playful. Um, like I said, it's very, very fun, easy read. Uh, but at the same time, I wrote it intentionally knowing that my own clients would read it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a certain level of accountability that goes in there. You know, yeah. imagine that you're trying to introduce yourself, but your spouse is in the front front row. You know, <laughs> with, with 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 a you know with a scorecard on how accurate <laughs> you introduced yourself, um, and that's what it kind of would have felt like. Was I'm putting myself out there? And I'm talking about my personal life, which means all of my personal friends and relationships know if I'm telling the truth or not. My my clients get to call bullshit on me if I'm not practicing what I preach, my staff, like all of those things are exposed. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, my recommendation is it's a, it's an easy read. Um, I gladly tell people, you know, pick up a copy on Amazon and just enjoy it for a while. Um, it definitely deals with a lot of different topics that I think we take for granted. Mm. And a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from people was that just made so much sense. Like I never, like I do most of the things that you talked about, but I never really paid attention to why I did them ah. um, because you're, you're, you're actually calling out and writing about a lot of people's intuition um, and just spelling it out. And, and like I said, it, it's true because we know how to manage other people, but then we jump online and start attending seminars on how to deal with relationships <laughs> and business. Like, don't you have relationships? Like, what can you learn from that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Now, did, did you, um, is the book all inclusive of like the whole life cycle of relationships? Do you have a second one in the works now? Because I'm sure there are stories you haven't shared or people have been like, wait, but what about this? That's funny. So, so the book is about date your clients. So it starts from the make them swipe right, like I told you. And yeah. the last full chapter of the book is called Settling Down. <laughs> and and the settling down stage is is truthfully it's going through commitment issues it's going through when you get too comfortable with people um mm-hmm. and settling down actually has a list of i think it's seven different things to watch for because once you settle mm-hmm. down with somebody when once you're once you're in the routine um now what like now what how do you keep that relationship fresh how do you make sure that the relationship doesn't go sour on you because you, you hear about marriages like that, right? Oh, we just grew apart. It's like, well, you grew apart because you didn't grow together. 
Yeah. Like let's, I mean, you're always growing. The question is, did you intentionally grow together? Um, but don't tell me we grew apart because you only grew apart because you didn't intentionally grow together. Mm-hmm. And, and that's some of the stuff that's discussed in the, in the later chapters of the book is, you know, in a business relationship, then what does that look like? You know, when you have a client that is just not going anywhere, how do you keep that fresh? How do you keep their business thriving? How do you, how do you reach year over year numbers working with your client um, and not let it get stale? And, and what are the, what are the flags? Like what are, what are the red flags that when you find yourself doing this, what does that mean? Like when you find yourself routinely skipping scheduled conference calls. Yikes. <laughs> you know, and, and you kind of write it off to no big deal because you know that client knows I'm busy, they're busy, they cancel, I cancel, it's not a big deal, we're still good. But at the same time, that starts to be a perceived value problem. Yeah. Like if Definitely. I mean I get I cancel conference calls sometimes too, especially ones that are, you know, I'm I'm in an airplane because we have a meeting every week at Thursday at three o'clock or something. Like Sometimes I'm not available for it, but if my client sees me canceling more often than not, mm-hmm. it starts to degrade the relationship. Yeah, definitely. And the same thing, if, if your spouse stopped coming home from dinner as normal as, you know, he or she used to, like, that's a problem. Mm. And what about when you get too comfortable with a client? Um, not just not skipping, you're not skipping meetings, but your the relationship has become a very personal relationship as well. Oh, and I would say that again, we, we talk through a lot of that as well. Um, and again, part of it getting into that settling down and part of that is it gets too comfortable. And yeah. that's when you do have the things like we're skipping meetings because, you know, you're my friend and you, you accept those types of flaws. Um, and part of it is making sure that, and then we, there's a chapter in here called Friday night is date night. Um, and I actually and, do have Friday night is date night <laughs> every Friday, Friday, <laughs> Friday night, is date night. And and the reality is, is I talk about it from a business perspective, and that is, it doesn't matter how comfortable you are with your client, how best friends you guys are, mm-hmm. how everything is super casual. You still need to take the time to spend business time together. And that, that is my big coaching because my clients fast become friends. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to skip meetings and text message at night. Like I'll have clients text message me 9, 10 o'clock at night with questions. I just text back, like whatever, yeah. like I'm here. But then it means that when we actually have to have a formal meeting, those get minimized because, oh, we talked about it yesterday. And it's like, no, like, we need to make sure those meetings are happening. We need to make sure that we're measuring the metrics, mm-hmm. um, that we're, we're hitting our KPIs, that everything we're doing didn't get pushed aside because another big shiny Kendall Jenner showed up and my other clients didn't get my attention anymore. So part of that getting too friendly is too comfortable. And that's exactly what we talk about in settling down. Well, mm-hmm. Once you've got the client in the friend zone, like <laughs> now what? How, how yeah. do you make sure that that relationship still keeps its romance, that there's still spark there, that the client still sees that I'm bringing them new ad campaigns, that we're still talking about new innovations, that I'm still introducing them to new people. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a spark and that's got to stay alive. Yeah, absolutely. So the part two of that question was, are you planning another... Is this going to be a series? Are you planning additional so books? Funny. I, I got to tell you that there's a question that comes out a lot. And I've done some sketches on what that would look like. Um, I covered a lot in this book from Zoop to Nuts. So you know, the, there is no natural 
progress for another one. Mm-hmm. I laughingly said that a lot of the same skills that we talk about in business and we talk about in dating relationships, I was going to actually have a sequel book called Date Your Family. Um, <laughs> and make it equally as a provocative title, but but talking about like how do we how do we intentionally deal with relationships mm-hmm. in our families? Um, and then it was suggested the other day that the sequel be marry your clients, um, mm. and actually talk about it outside of the context. Like how do you deal in partnerships? Oh and yeah. What are what are the rules of engagement when you're now dealing with partnerships and when you're dealing with uh, you know, those types of situations. Like if you're not in business alone, you need to make sure that if, if you're following these rules, like how are your partners following those rules? Absolutely. And, and, and how are, how are your vendors, you know, date your vendors, date your, like you can literally turn it into multiple different things there. So I don't know, maybe it is a series and I just haven't discovered that yet. Yeah, I, I totally see it. The series, it's a podcast. If you're not already doing that, it's uh, lectures, it's it's everything that's going to take you away from your day to day business. <laughs> it's true. I love public speaking, all... so I would, I would give you lectures any day. <laughs> but it's all really important information, right? Yeah. Um, so it's things that people need to continue to think about and continue to refresh and and learn every day. So. Very great. Yeah, I agree with you. And and the truth is, is I mean, I sometimes flip through the book myself and remind myself of some of these things because you know I put them to paper and then I walk away from them too. Um, but there are, there are, there are very clearly, we have one client that we deal so much business with mm-hmm. and it's become so casual that like our people have gotten linked onto his Slack account wow. and he just fires Slack messages over. And, you know, and I find my people getting super comfortable just firing Slack messages back and I might like, pick up the phone, mm-hmm. call him, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just shoot him a message real quick, call him. Because you're, you're losing the relationship in Slack. Yeah. Like call him and say, look, like he'll, cause he'll send and say, Hey, you guys did this. This isn't what I wanted. You know, and we're firing back. Yeah, I got it. I'm like, no, we don't get it. Explain to him why we did what we did because we didn't do anything wrong. And he needs to know that we're always looking out for his best interest because three or four times of him having to correct us, he's going to think we're making mistakes. Exactly. We didn't do anything wrong. There was no correction. You provided feedback because you didn't know what we did and why. And what we did was correct, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, but it got so casual that it was, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You pick up the phone and we're going to go talk to him right now and explain the reason why that was done. And it was in his best interest. And if he wants it done differently in the future, that's fine. But he needs to walk away from this conversation knowing that we were looking out for his best interest. Yeah. You know, sure. Of course, there, there was thought and strategy behind it. It wasn't Absolutely. just, you didn't just, yeah. <laughs> now, moving forward, we'll do what you tell us to do. But I need him to know that I was looking out for your best interest when that was done. You know, it's the child that's mad because you wouldn't feed him candy for dinner every night, you know, because you never stopped and had a conversation about nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I, so I want to take a... Um... Talk about something a little different, uh, which it does play in the book. But you're also known as uh, somebody who's really good at. It's I would say this is maybe one of your superpowers or your right. your high skills. Um, picking things apart, finding the flaws, being able to create more successful implementations for your clients and life and for everything. So that's a character fault. <laughs> Terrible attribute. <laughs> 
We are. So yeah, you're funny because that's actually something that is mentioned about me in our website. And, and I laughingly say it doesn't make me a lot of friends, but it certainly gets a lot done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is, I, I will say that I spent actually the early years of my career as an accountant. So okay. I was the guy who was picking things apart, who was looking at percentages of everything to find ways to improve. Um, and in that role and from an operations perspective, it was, it was a, you're nonstop trying to make things more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of, like I say, I'm just an expert editor, uh, because, you know, bring me whatever and I'll find a way to make it better. It doesn't matter how good it is. And from a relationship standpoint, it, I, I've learned Annika that one of the things that I have to be very cautious of with my personality is I'm super action oriented. Okay. So it doesn't matter what it is. Let's go get it done. Um, and often if I see a way to do it better, let's go do it the better way. Cause why would we, and I have to consciously take time to stop and congratulate people on the 95% of the work they did and not just focus on the 5% better that I could make it. Yeah. I think that's one of the big things that you learn as a leader is yeah. it's not necessarily going to get done the way that you would do it or as fast, but as long as the end result is the same or close to the same, I will say, because you said 95%, <laughs> then right, right, it's right. a win. And, and this is, it's a learning opportunity for others as well to hone their skills and to learn and maybe think through how they could do it better next time. Absolutely. And that's, and that's exactly it. It's a matter of getting to the point that um, for me, and it's keeping my own relationship skills intact is the, I'm having a bad day and you're having a bad day. That doesn't mean that I can't help make yours better just because mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. mine. Like, I still owe you that. Um, you know, I'm frustrated, but I still have to affirm you today. Yeah. Um, and those types of things. And you're right. That's a leadership attribute. But at the same time, even with my clients, even when they're being pains in the ass, come on, we all have clients, right? We know it. Um, the reality is, is that we still need to stop and focus on the fact that they are human too. Sometimes my clients are having bad days. Sometimes and I say my clients know me and my staff knows this, you know, I'm the entrepreneur whisperer because so often we end up with entrepreneurs on the phone. I'm sorry, if you're not an entrepreneur, you do not understand an entrepreneur. Like <laughs> only a business owner understands a business owner because we're all crazy and there is absolutely no understanding that unless <laughs> hundred percent because there's no understanding it. Like I get, you know, people are like, well, I understand cash flow issues. And I'm like, do you though? Like, have you literally ever stopped paying yourself for three months just so that you could, you know, make payroll for everybody else? Yeah. Like, did you experience that? Like, have you, have you taken a cash advance on your credit card to make sure the inventory showed up in a day? You know? and, and every entrepreneur I talked to was like, oh my gosh, yes. I told that. I'm like, I get it. Like, I, I get it. Been there, done that, you know, got the t-shirt and, <laughs> And, and the big thing about entrepreneurs is it's a very lonely, isolated place. Mm. And if you've never been there, you don't understand it. And when everyone tells you they understand it, you pretty much just write it off because you're so used to being told you understand. And, and it's, it's an interesting, uh, I'll say very interesting thing. So one of the ways that I connect frequently with my clients, especially in our early, early meetings, is I get it. Like I, I get where you are and I typically try to have those conversations with the CEO or the founder without their staff on the call. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I've got one client right now that we do weekly touch bases and their weekly touch base always includes about nine people from their team. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Absolutely. And I, and everyone gets an opinion and the CEO, who's the owner of the company, um, always wants everybody's opinion on everything. And Mm -hmm. it's, they paralyze themselves through over analysis. Yeah. And I ended up having a phone call with him one day. I just called him out of nowhere and I'm like, Hey, look, buddy, like, can I just talk to you for a minute? Like off record, mano a mano kind of, kind of conversation. He's like, yeah, of course, of course. I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. We get on these Thursday telephone calls and I said, and there's one thing that everybody has in common on that telephone call. Either you sign their check or I sign their check. Like, which means there are two voices in this conversation that have a lot more weight than all the rest. Mm-hmm. And while I appreciate you trying to build a team atmosphere, you are paralyzing yourself because ultimately you just have to make a decision on some of this stuff. And, and you don't run a democracy. You're the CEO. <laughs> you need to make some decisions. And so in that perspective, like for him, he was like, wow, you're, you're absolutely right. Like hundred percent, but he's a person who gets very lethargic through analysis because he's a researcher and a scientist by his nature. So he'd rather everybody else make decisions because then if it goes wrong, well, everybody agreed and he's not standing on the Island by himself. Um, so yeah, it's been a, um, it, it's interesting because every entrepreneur is different. Every story is different, but at the same time, as you know, Annika, we're all crazy. <laughs> Because you bet everything and hope it works out. Yeah. And you don't over get and over again. <laughs> over and over again. Every every day you wake up hoping you can do it one more time. And it doesn't matter how successful you've ever been. Every entrepreneur gets goes to bed every night wondering if I can do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone, no matter how much money's in the bank or how comfortable your life is, you still get up wondering if you got lucky the other days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what took you on the journey? You have multiple degrees, clinical psychology, you used to be an accountant. What inspired you to start an agency? Nothing. This is the terrible thing. So <laughs> yeah, I will say that as much as I talk about intention, my career path has been anything but intentional, which is kind of funny. And the reason is because like most entrepreneurs, I find problems and try to solve them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, people people notice that, right? So My career path, strangely, went from I was a business owner when I was 16 years old and used to hire people to cover my store while I was still in high school. Wow. Um, Funny enough, stumbled upon it. I came from a family of entrepreneurs. um, So it just seemed like the natural thing to do. And back (laughs) in the day, I actually owned a beeper and cell phone store. Oh, my gosh. Beeper. Everybody carried a beeper. I owned a couple of retail beeper stores and I wasn't even 18. So I legally couldn't even carry one back in the day. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, funny enough. And my dad had the idea and, you know, kind of ran with it. And I ran the business and I ran that until I was 23 years old um, and decided I probably should finish college. So got a real job, sold the business. Um, And then what was funny is like, that was my first exposure to the workforce, like was running my own business. And Mm -hmm. I would find ways to be more efficient and I would find ways to do this. And I was the largest, I'm from Michigan, I'm from the Detroit area. And I was the largest uh, retail um, beeper store, beeper distributor in the state of Michigan. Oh my gosh. And I was 17 years old, which is hilarious. Um, and every month they'd send me a letter congratulating me. And I wish I still had them because at the time I didn't value them. They just seemed normal. 
Um, what was so funny is like when I took my next job and I decided, okay, well, I'd done a couple of years of college and did classes here and there and whatnot. And I was like, okay, I really just need to finish my bachelor's degree. Um, and I ended up going back, going to school full time and working full time on top of it. Um, and I worked at a nonprofit and I worked in the finance department at this nonprofit, but it was funny because yes, I worked on the accounting team, but I went from department to department in this nonprofit. It was a nonprofit called Focus Hope that was based in Detroit and it was founded on racial equality after the riots in Detroit back in the 60s. Mm. So everything that we did was all promoting racial equality and opportunity within the city. So it was education. It was um, the training. It was um, we had a food prescription program and all these things. And I loved all of this stuff because I like was a philanthropist at heart anyways. So I got to do what I did. But I used to go. They used to call me the finance marine. Because I would go from department to department and spend a couple of months just working on their efficiencies. So I'd go in, tear apart all their cash receipts, find out ways that we could do this. I'd go find ways that we could maximize grants. I'd go find ways and one point found out apartment manager who'd been stealing the place blind. Oh my gosh. Um, so I was always entrepreneurial in that respect anyway. So I'm used to running my own business. I go into somebody else's business and the only way I know how to run it is if it's my own. Um, and literally that's been my career path is from one thing to the next. Um, and then I really doubled down and I went into higher education was where I enjoyed what I did most. And I was a college professor for many years. Um, and of course I can't sit still. So I became the <laughs> campus president and then went into, became the COO of a, of a nationwide for-profit college group. Um, and kind of fell back in marketing because education, as much as I loved the classroom, I hated the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear a lot. Yeah. It's just absolutely horrible. I hated all that type stuff because I was in it for the students. You know, I wanted the yeah. students to get good outcomes. I wanted them to learn. I wanted them to get good jobs. Um, and the bureaucracy is just so painful that it just annoys me because entrepreneurs hate bureaucracy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we want, we want yeah. action. We want progress. We want results. Um, and anything that takes up my time, that's not making money or, or delivering to one of my customers, get out of my way. Like, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Um, so yeah, I ended up getting into this space, which was somewhat organic. Um, my father's actually owned his own advertising agency for about 30 years. Okay. So I've been around it for a long time, but he lives in Detroit and I don't want to live in Detroit. So I yeah. live in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and, you know, turned out I started doing consulting for some, and it just kind of led into this organic place that I am now. Um, and I got to tell you, I love what I do because I literally get to help. Sure, we're an agency and we do that. And I've got several other businesses that that run out of the same office, but I get to help entrepreneurs avoid a lot of the mistakes that either I've made or I know a lot of people do make. Mm -hmm. um, and in that respect, um, I get to teach still. Yeah. And I get my classroom on a Zoom call now because I'm able to sit one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs and business owners. And I would say that in my introduction calls or the first time I get to talk to a client, what I love most is, you know, most of them walk away and go, wow, I learned so much today. And I'm, my response to them is, I learned. Like I literally, I, I refuse to look at a client's website until I meet them on a Zoom call. And they're used to, you know, getting a 16-page PowerPoint deck 
already prepared for them by whoever mm-hmm. they're talking to from a marketing company, which is their pitch deck and their media kit and all these other things. And I'm like, they talk to you like your people, like, or did you get their sales book? Right. And, and you know, the client gets on the telephone call. And I'm like, what was your URL again? <laughs> and, and they're kind of like, are you kidding me? You don't even know my website. I'm like, well, I deliberately didn't look at it because we're on a video call right now. And I want to open up your website as a customer and tell you my first yeah. impression, because my first impression is going to be really similar to everybody else's first impression. Yeah. You know, I just went to your website. I don't even see a phone number. Well, you know, we had a phone number on the site, but you know, people called it and it just got to be a real burden. <laughs> oh with my customer gosh. Service. Like, <laughs> That's yeah. Funny. So those are the types of training things that I enjoy doing now. And then what's so exciting about it is, you know, when a client calls me and says, Hey, by the way, if, if there's any way, I literally, I'm not joking. I belong to a mastermind group that meets every year out in Phoenix. And at the last group, one of my clients stood up because it was one of those moments in the mastermind group. There's like 60 of us in the room and everybody says, um, you know, is there anything anybody else wants to share with the group? So on, so forth. And people are, you know, oh, my business is doing this. And I just want to let you all know to watch for this on our social media. And I just want to say thank you to so-and-so for hosting mm-hmm. and these types of messages. One of my clients who happens to be in that same group, which is where I had met her the prior year, stood up in the group and says, I have something to say. And sweetest lady. And, you know, they hand her a microphone and she goes, I want to say that, you know, three to four months ago, we started doing a new marketing program. And she literally unannounced goes into this huge ad for why everyone in that room ought to be working with Mark. Oh my God, nice. <laughs> and I, got, I just stood there and I'm like, this is really embarrassing. And at the same time, like, you can't buy that kind of press. Exactly. Like, are you joking? <laughs> She's like, I just want to tell you, I've worked with so many companies in the past. His entire team is just so amazing. And they're just, they're just, I've never seen people like this. And she's just going on and on and on. And I'm like, this almost looks like I set her up. (laughs) But it was her genuine feedback. Like, that's how she is. And at the same time, like, I'm so happy that one of my clients unannounced does that. She just asked the same client, by the way, said, by the way, I'm booked for a speaking engagement in August. And I have a surgery scheduled for that same weekend. And I'm not going to be able to do the speaking engagement. Could you sub for me at that engagement? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people there that I think you should be. Oh my gosh. That's I'm amazing. Like, That's exactly what you want. Hunter, you're in PR. You get it. Like that would be, it's a godsend, right? Yeah. And yeah. the truth is I would bend over backwards and do anything for their business. Love it. And as a relationship builds, like you, you do for me, I do for you and we do great work together because of it. So I'm thrilled. Nice. Yeah. Well, and, and to that point, Mark, what is the easiest way for people to find you and then also to find your book? I love it. Um, so the book is available on Amazon. Feel okay. free to go onto Amazon and look at Date Your Clients. And Mark Young is the author. So you can look up either one of those. Um, the other thing I would tell you is you can go to dateyourclients.com. Uh, you see our website, that'll link you back to Amazon. So you don't have to search for the product when you go by. Um, and you can also contact me. There's contact form right on there. that goes directly to my inbox. I don't have anybody <laughs> filtering my emails. Um, I am mark at dateyourclients.com. 
And you are more than welcome to go directly to uh, that email address. Reach out to me. My agency, as you mentioned earlier, Annika, thank you, is Rise Agency, which is R-Y-Z-E, unusual spelling, but riseagency.com. And again, I'm M. Young at riseagency.com. Easier to go to market date your clients and they go to the (laughs) market date your clients. Just reach out to me and we'll have a great conversation. Wonderful. And then the last thing I want to ask, do you have a favorite quote or mantra? So your audience, I do, and I'm going to say that it came up the other day, in fact, and it's actually on the back cover of the book. Um, And it's funny because it's a phrase that I've said and used often, but it's a phrase my dad would always say. And the other day, he texted me that line. And I was like, that's so funny, like so funny. And I talk to my clients about it all the time because your audience is entrepreneurs and brand owners. That's who listens to your podcast. Mm -hmm. And what I would tell them is the applicable one I would say was, it's not easy, but if it were easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Good. Good. You're, you're, in a, you're in a very unique space because you're willing to do the hard things. Um, and that's why you're in the space you're in. Mm. Um, so don't complain that it's easy because if it were easy, there'd be a lot more competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good one. Really smart uh, words. And I, what I love about podcasting is I get to meet really cool people from all over. And I always get really great words of wisdom that apply to whatever I'm doing this week, right? <laughs> so, right? so I'm like, okay, I'm going to internalize that and remember that. And that will help me get through the day and, and do the work that I need to do. So Mark, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. This was a great conversation and thank you to our audience. And I'll be back again next week on Your Brand Amplified. Want more? Check out amplifywithannika.com or follow me on socials at amplifywithannika.com.